0: Hello and welcome to the Hustle & Bustle podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Yugambeh people, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. My name's Nicole Bennetts and I'm an urban and regional planner, and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode, I bring you conversations with city shapers and urban thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. We're one of the host cities for the Brisbane 2032 Olympics and Paralympics. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade for our city and our region. The conversations on this podcast help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So let's take a minute from our busy hustle and bustle day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode five for 2022. Today, my guest is one of the most experienced planning professionals on the Gold Coast, Mr Noel Grummet. As a qualified town planner and civil engineer, Noel has coming up to 50 years planning and engineering experience, primarily here in Southeast Queensland. Noel is a fellow of the Planning Institute of Australia and is a mentor for many students, graduates and experienced planners over the many years. Prior to founding Grummet Planning, Noel gained valuable experience overseas. He then spent some years working as the town planning manager for Weather and How Gold Coast, preparing concept development plans for tourist projects all around the globe. He's also worked as a senior engineer for the Connell Group and design engineer for uh, the likes of Brisbane City Council and others. Noel's particular areas of expertise include land use planning, site analysis, development applications, development of regulatory provisions for small lot housing, expert witnessing in the planning and environment court, whilst also being passionately involved in numerous non-for-profit organisations. Welcome to the podcast, Noel. How are you going today?
1: Thank you, Nicole. Delighted to be to be part of this, and uh, thank you for for all you're doing. The uh, wonderful insights that you provide for not just planners, but for others about our uh, particular little space in the professional world. So uh, great to be with you.
0: Thank you so much, and I'm so pleased you agreed to join me on the podcast, Noel. Um, when I caught up with you, uh, I think it was the end of last year. You filled me in on a very important uh, project you're embarking on, and I thought it would just be so worth having someone of your experience and stature within the industry come on the podcast and share some of your experiences and, and also share some of the the work that you are embarking on uh, now. Um, and just before we get into sort of that passion project of yours, I'd really like to find out a bit more about you and and the history and and sort of um, you know, maybe start with the question of when did you first come to the Gold Coast?
1: Good question. Uh I don't remember when I first came to the Gold Coast, but I've got photo evidence uh of a little tacker sitting on the, the bonnet of my my dad's car when I can't I must have been less than two years old uh holidaying at Burley Head. So it's it's um we won't say how many years ago, but it was a long way back.
0: <laughs> and and when did you move here?
1: Okay, we moved in 1979. So, uh, through my growing up years, we holidayed on the Gold Coast. My dad died when I was, uh, uh, only two. And so my, it was just my mum and I for, uh, for my growing up years. And we holidayed at Corrumbin and a campsite, uh, just near Corrumbin Rock there. And, uh, the campsite's still there, even though it's not a campsite anymore. So I go back there for, uh, memories uh, and, and connections with uh, a very, very carefree boyhood of holidays on the Gold Coast. But 1979 was when um, I moved to the Gold Coast. Um, it was a recession at the time and uh, I'd been retrenched from my job in Brisbane and the only job that I could get on the Gold Coast was uh, uh, with a Melbourne engineering company, John Connell and Associates. So I moved here in uh, the middle of 1979.
0: Yeah, wow. And the Gold Coast must have changed so much since then. What what's your sort of major standout?
1: Yeah, I remember as a as a as a child it it, it changing from the South Coast uh town council to Gold Coast Town Council, I think, and then Gold Coast City Council. So, you know, it, it grew up from a series of little settlements and I can remember that and I can remember the gaps between the settlements the villages that existed on the gold coast in the early 50s and gradually seeing that um filling up and so uh you know from a development point of view that there, there was that phase of it and then obviously a plethora of canal estates that came after that master plan communities that came after that um you know very tall buildings on very soft foundations Uh, another kind of extraordinary development. And when I came to the coast in 1979 as a civil structural engineer, it was in that uh, design phase of things like um, what's now Star Casino and a bunch of other buildings like that that we're involved with at the time.
0: Yeah. And as you say, you you started as an engineer and you you then moved into town planning. What got Mm. you interested in town planning?
1: It was a a very uh, good friend of mine. Uh back probably early early seventies. Yeah. He he worked with uh Andy Stenders and a company called Clark Gazette on the original planning document for the Gold Coast, the, the Surface Paradise Gold Book. And uh it has folklore status in the city and um uh, there aren't too many copies around. I know Peter Bell's got one. I'm not quite sure how many others are around, but he worked on that document doing all the background research and things like that. And, and it, it just fascinated me. Uh, and as a civil engineer, uh, at the time, I thought, wow, you know, kind of filled in the, 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 the steps that happened before engineering got involved in the process. And, uh, so out of that, I, I um, started doing the, the grad dip. At, uh, QIT and after a, a number of years managed to complete that. And so, um, it was a, a, a job change when I joined, uh, Weathered Howe in 1988 and, um, Matt Weathered, the principal there, uh, really moved me into, uh, a more planning role than an engineering role. And interestingly, another, um, colleague at the time, Paul Eagles, and I started at the same time and we both had engineering backgrounds, both studied town planning together at, at uh, QUT and now both worked together and so it was a, a kind of a, a morphing process out of engineering, civil engineering particularly, across into the planning side of it and then as, as time developed the engineering element of that um, uh, dropped away and so it became just uh, pure town planning stuff.
0: Yeah, amazing. And then you started your business, so Grummet Planning. How did that come about?
1: I got pushed out the door um, <laughs> in, in a very nice way. Um, you know, I was planning manager at Weather at Howe, and um, when uh, Matt Weather had passed away and John Howe took over, John um, refocused the uh, the business of Weather at Howe, which is now Arcadis or moved into Arcadis, and, um, they chose not to do town planning, but, uh, John said, you know, you're welcome to start your own business. We'll support you all the way. He did and he has, you know, in, in all the period since then, John has just been a, a great friend and supporter of the business. But basically it came out of a choice of what do I do now? And, uh, started kind of working out of, um, out of what was a granny flat in our house at Southport and was based in Southport for, for, you know, it's, it's, uh, entire life.
0: Yeah, wow. And it's quite reflective of, of the way the Gold Coast was and is in terms of the small business culture, isn't it? Mm,
1: absolutely. Yeah, very, very much so.
0: Okay. And so Grummet Planning, I mean, it's still, it's still an amazing planning firm here on the coast. And just reflecting on your time as director of Grummet Planning, what really stands out about your work and your role in the city over the period that you've been directing that company?
1: I guess the, there there are two two facets of it one i guess because because of my own personal belief system we've always had a a uh, a desire to to help um faith communities and community community, community groups uh in general so I have done a lot of work over the years for uh uh, a range of community groups on the Gold Coast. We've done a lot of work with, um, different rotary clubs on the Gold Coast, helping them establish facilities. We've worked for all the major, um, faith, uh, groups on the Gold Coast at, at various times and assisted those and, uh, and, you know, a number of the ethnic communities as well. And so it's been a, been a privilege to do that because, um, you know, in, in our experience, there are, Few in, in, in our, um, uh, profession who understand the, the challenges in, in that charitable sector. And, you know, I've, uh, done a couple of papers for peer conferences on, on the value that the community sector brings to, uh, to our communities and both financially as well as socially. And, uh, you know, most, most in of our regulatory bodies don't understand the, the challenge and, and the, the way community groups work. So it's been, uh, been an incredible privilege to, um, to represent them and to, to be able to see a whole lot of community facilities established on the Gold Coast that, um, uh, we've been a part of. We've tried a few that haven't worked, but, um, You know, by and large, uh, we do that. And what's been nice is to to be uh, acknowledged, uh, you know, even within the regulatory bodies as as a company that understands that sector and can can help people in that sector chart their way through what. Is, is to them really a, a maze of process. So that, that to me has been, um, been a privilege and, and a, a, very satisfying aspect to, to Grummet Planning's role in the city.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Noel. And there's so many bits of that that, um, that I, I would love to pick up on because I think one of the, the initial times that I remember coming very close to to your work and with you was uh, with the Islamic Association of the gold coast and you know i was a I was a fresh planner and and was representing some of their interests in terms of um, you know a mosque and mm-hmm. and their growth and, mm-hmm. and you know I know that you were uh, a big supporter of that, that process and really helped them, um, to achieve what they needed to and, you know, through some very difficult times. Uh, and, and I watched you and, and your wife, Margaret, um, just really put everything into, um, you know, your support for these, these community and charitable organizations. So, you know, I, I'd just like to say a huge thank you because that's a, that's a, a massive, you know, client group that really isn't you know a focus of of many planning consultants i would say
1: mm-hmm. no that that's right and for them you know it's for many of them you know it's it's a foreign culture you know and and the the processes are different from places that they've come from the the language is different and it's just an absolute mystery and you know often they they end up in in all sorts of strife not of their Deliberate making, but uh, just from not understanding the the system that that, that we have in this country. So um, it's it, no, it's a privilege. I'm you know currently still working with uh, you know three different faith sectors on on the Gold Coast. Got a meeting after this one with another one, and uh, working with another group finalising an, another one of their processes. So it's it's ongoing, and and you know for me it's just incredibly satisfying.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so I'm really keen now that you're, um, you know, you've mentioned to me you're starting to transition out of the full-time workforce and, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, really to, to give back. Not that you, you've, you've absolutely given so much through your career, but you've got this passion project that, you know, is going to be your focus. And I'm really keen for you to describe to, to everyone who's listening what our city, our story is all about.
1: I'll go back to, I suppose, where the seeds for this have come from. Its name currently is Our City, Our Story, which um, has got no connection with uh, Our City, Our Plan, or anything like that. But um, a number of years ago, uh, Margaret and I and a number of friends uh, went to China and uh, in Shanghai had the the opportunity to visit their Centre for Urban Planning and Design and was... uh, uh, just mesmerized spent hours there looking at um how the planning of Shanghai had um, evolved with time, looking back historically, but also looking forward to to this um, new sustainable city with huge amounts of public space and stuff like that. Um, had a physical model and I thought, oh, gee, it'd be nice to have something like that on the Gold Coast because it really is a fascinating place and the only only way that you really get an idea of what this city is like is to get up in the air and not too many people do that. So I thought a model, oh, gee, that'd be nice. And then uh, um, back in 2019 uh we we were in the US and uh spent quite a bit of time around the uh um in Chicago at the Architecture Center there had uh, wanted to understand a bit about Frank Lloyd Wright but um was actually o- overwhelmed by the the um uh Chicago Architecture Center and how it promoted just architecture in the city. It had something like four hundred volunteers running tours and things like that. And um I was in their um I suppose museum to tall buildings, for want of a better word, uh where they have scale models of um the tall buildings around the world, from the earliest ones in Chicago up to the um uh the ones still under construction in in Saudi. And the fellow that was um the docent or guide in the museum there was a retired architect and I said, "You know what what made Chicago so important for tall buildings and He gave me a bit of history in regard to that and and it caused me to reflect and over the course of an hour or so, we had a few conversations and i and I said, "You know I've been involved on the gold coast in in um a lot of tall buildings on the gold coast and i said you know, our founding environment for, for buildings here, vastly different from Chicago and, you know, people like John Stone from Birchill and John Howe from Weather at Howe had developed some extraordinary, um, systems to sustain tall buildings in, in a sandy environment like the Gold Coast. And I thought, gee, our city has done some really amazing things. And, uh, so, you know, we've, we've, um, uh, developed canal estates so that, you know, we got more to water, the, the old catch-cry, more to waterways than Venice. Um, we've got these big, tall buildings on soft sand. We've got master plan communities that kind of happened before legislation allowed them to happen. We, uh, we did a whole lot of stuff. And then, um, when I came back, I started talking to uh, a couple of colleagues about Um, getting some of these stories down because, um, you know, our city is only 63 years old this year, Um, started in 1959, and a lot of the development has been in my lifetime and in the lifetime of a lot of colleagues. And and I thought we can get collect a lot of these stories from the people who actually created the stories. We can get first-person stories of a lot of it. You know, Alan Bond isn't around anymore to, to talk about why Bond University happened and where it is and what the challenges were, but his project manager is still alive. His wife is still alive. His son is still alive. And then, you know, you look at Sanctuary Cove, Mike Gore might have passed away, but Brian Toyota is still in the city here and he was so involved in, in the project management of that. And so I thought there's a lot of people around, you know, and Des Brooks is, is obviously one that comes to mind who have been the shapers and makers of this city. And, um, you know, they're still alive and they can tell the, the, the backstory of why this city is the way it is because it's a unique city. It's a city that's come really out of the dreams of private people. It hasn't come about out of a government decision that we're going to put a national capital halfway between Sydney and Melbourne and we're going to plan you know the daylights out of it it's happened organically and it's happened out of the dreams and aspirations of of individuals very little of what has happened on the gold coast has been government driven and this is what's interesting it's why it's a city of private enterprise it's why it's a city of small business and citizens of this city don't really understand that um, why of our city's DNA? Brisbane doesn't understand the why of this DNA. Our kids need to understand the why of our DNA, so that they can understand their place in this um, innovative, you know, exciting place. So the purpose of this project is to collect stories initially around development. You know, in talking with, excuse me, with the mayor. And with, uh, Krina from, um, uh, Hotter, uh, they're saying there's so many more unique stories around the Gold Coast. You know, our place in sport, we kick, we, you know, we play way above our, our weight in so many areas of sport, whether Olympic swimming or football or, or whatever. And so, you know, our, our city really is an extraordinary city because of its DNA. It, it creates. Um, people with a, you know, I'm going to have a go attitude. And uh, so it's a lot of stories around fashion, around sport, around music, around the arts, around development that this will create. And the essence of it will be it will be accessible technologically anywhere. So from your smartphone, you could go to uh, Sanctuary Cove and there would be um, something like a QR code that would take you into the story of Sanctuary Cove so that Brian Toyota could be explaining what it is you're seeing and why it's there and where it came from and all the challenges and stuff. And, And so it'll be available in that way. It'll be available as a website and it will also be available as an experience Center in Next Stage Hotter. If um, Tom gets his, uh, his wish out of our uh, federal politicians or that part of his wish list of the federal politicians, there is an allocation of space in Next Stage Hotter to create the experience center as well. So it really is something that our, our residents can visit to understand why our city is the way it is and the interesting stories and characters behind it for our students to understand, um, how this city came about and what their place is. And also for visitors who come in from elsewhere and, and, you know, everyone who comes to this city say, what a fabulous place. Well, here's a way of saying, well, this is how it came to be about the be the way it is. That's, that's the, brilliant. that's the nub of, um, where, where it's intended to go.
0: Look, I just think, you know, it's amazing that you know you've you've dreamed this up and that you've got all the contacts and all the people that are needed to make something like that happen because you know, it's so important. You know, I'd I'd love for my children to to hear and know all of those stories, you know, and I've been fortunate enough you know, to speak with a number of those mm. people you've, you've mentioned, you know, uh, mm. John Howe and yourself and, and many others who, who were part of those, you know, decisions and, and took those risks to, to, you know, to build the city that we see yes. today. Yes. Um, but to have those in perpetuity, have those stories, you know, captured in perpetuity for everyone else to hear, I think w- it is such, it's an invaluable part of, um, our city, I think. And, mm. and that sort of would be so beneficial. And, you know, I wonder, you know, what something that I often hear and have heard um, coming out of people's mouths is that our city doesn't have history, you know, and that um, we, we do just uh, tend to, you know, tear things down and, and build new. And, you know, I wonder whether this is sort of one step towards better acknowledging the, the true sort of local histories that do exist and sort of getting that message out there that there are things that we should be valuing into the future and, you know, growth and, you know, what the future looks like really needs to pay homage to the, the past and to mm. the histories that have existed?
1: Mm. Mm. I think a lot of, you know, the history of our city and, and, you know, the Council's heritage section now records any, you know, all the stuff that that might be demolished and that sort of thing. So we, we, we get, we're getting a, a really good record of that kind of stuff. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about this city, I think, is not so much the built form, but what's behind the built form, the people, and why, you know, it happened. It's always been, you know, and certainly in the life of the city of Gold Coast, a city of, um, of opportunity yeah an opportunity means change, mm. and so the fact that we do change things, it's that reasoning behind it of of opportunity and entrepreneurship that is the history that we want to continue. It's that character it's that intrinsic character of our city that we want to instill in people and encourage in people, because change is what creates the future. Keeping mm-hmm. the same thing doesn't create the future. It honours the past and, you know, you need to know where you've come from to know where you're going.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: you know, I, I think, you know, we often think of this as a, as a tear down city and, and maybe that's just the character of the city, you know, that we, we, we are a city of change. We are a city that adapts to things with time. Okay. This doesn't work. Well, let's change it to something that does. So it's, it's, that's, Some of what makes this city, uh, different. And that, you know, means that you've got change makers here. And if we move into the future, into the new challenges in the future, we've got to have change makers. So we've got to have, you know, that that attitude in people. So, you know, it may not be that, you know, we have to, to put glass cases around, um, the, the structure of the past or the infrastructure of the past, but Honour the, that the attitude of, okay, well, this isn't working. Let's find out what does and we'll do that. That doesn't work. We'll change it, do something else. So maybe our city is, is, will always be that one of constant change.
0: Interesting. Mm, that's really interesting. I had never really thought of that, that element that, you know, it, it's come from that entrepreneurial background and therefore that's the essence that we need to be you know we talk about protecting maybe maybe it's protecting the ability to change things as easily as our forefathers could
1: i think that that's something that you know needs to be explored because the the interesting thing with technology now is we can capture current states mm. technologically and be able to experience them in, in in 3D in every kind of way that almost except being in it and so you know keep examples about everything else is maybe in a in a state of change because we've got the record and the thing with you know our city our story is is it will be it's like the it's like the city of the Gold Coast it will constantly change mm-hmm. the you know when when the the um the initial framework is set up it will establish a protocol uh for information and then as long as somebody uh, wishing to input information observes those protocols. Um, then that information gets added. It's like a Wikipedia of, of, um, of our city. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as long as the format is right, there, there is no limit to what can be, um, assembled and stored, um, at all. You know, it just becomes this repository of our story in, in, you know, it, it, it has no limits. To it. There'll be some physical stuff that will move a little bit like the art gallery. You change your exhibits, you change your emphases or you, you take a visiting, um, portion of it to, to Sydney or Auckland or London or whatever as a showcase of the city. Um, but it, it, it it's an organic, um, entity. Um, rather than a structure. And so it's it's this um, technological entity that people can plug the stories in. So if you have a worthwhile story um, around history and, and, you know, people have raised so many with me over the last year or so as we've talked about this, um, you know, if that protocol's established that anybody can prepare that story and plug it in and then it's available to everybody.
0: Brilliant! That's it's such a cool idea, and I, I really hope it gets up. Is there for people listening who might um, like the idea and, and want to get involved? Is there sort of any way that people can can help out, or is, is it sort of have you got a very sort of um, good process in place now to actually see the project through?
1: Well, I've had a um, uh, a team that's been a, a reference panel to this point of time because. Um, those that know me know that uh technology is is my weak suite um well and truly, and so you know for me to be talking, technology is a bit of a strange one so um you know Luke Brannelly from v two i has has just been extraordinary in putting together um the technological side of it and and Thanks. saying that you know the city's in a unique space yeah. at the moment with a whole lot of um uh background geographic data that allows us to be able to do this kind of thing wasn't possible five years ago so there's an interesting um, place in time at the moment where uh, there are still a diminishing number of of these city shapers that are still with us that can tell the story so that's part of it that you can get first person stories and maybe some second person stories so that you actually get what's behind it, and then the technology at the moment is such that all of this kind of stuff can now be available on a um, on a smartphone um, with high level um, technological accuracy in a, in a mm-hmm. geographical sense as well so it's, it's really uh there's a time period now where this needs to happen if people are interested in in what's happening we're to the stage now of of um Seeking funding for stage one. We've got a, um, a project plan and a project budget that, that the teams put together. And, um, you know, I've got a meeting with, uh, a council, couple of council directors in a couple of weeks in regard to that. And, you know, the mayor has been incredibly supportive of, um, of the project. He, uh, he hosted a launch for it to, to some of our civic leaders, uh, at the beginning of last year and is, is very, very supportive of, what it is wanting to achieve for our, our city. And so looking for the, some seed funding out of council at the moment. And then, um, you know, hoping then to be able to, to speak to people that I know, um, in development industries and others that might be prepared to, uh, uh, to contribute to see this happen. If, if that funding can be obtained or we can get access through that to uh, extra grant funding, um, our initial stage is probably about one and a half million and that would set up three, um, small experience centres in surface paradise that will talk about different aspects of the city's story and that then can showcase, um, uh, the opportunity to, for the next stage of funding to take it to the next stage as well. The other thing I need to, to say is, um, uh, both Bond and, and Griffith have been supportive and, uh, you know, I've got representatives from both on my steering committee and Bond is actually, um, doing a student project over last year and this year to, to create, um, the Bond story or the Bond university part of our city, our story. So, uh, hopefully at the end of this year, um, people will be able to see what, what I'm talking about in an actual um, case study with um the story of Bond University. So they're they're busy working on that um uh currently.
0: That's brilliant. Well I think that's probably all we have time for, but uh sure. that's certainly made me very excited about what's to come and and you've got a big job ahead uh i can't <laughs> believe you're sort of you're talking about you know transitioning out of full-time work but you're taking something on that is uh you know never been done before and 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 something that um will be so fulfilling i'm sure once you see it through so mm. thank you for that thank you for taking it on and and i can't wait to to keep watching it, it go from stride to stride and it's just going to be such an asset for our city
1: thanks nicole appreciate that very very much
0: And thank you for tuning into the Hustle & Bustle podcast this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review. You can also follow the show on Instagram and LinkedIn. That's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.